Video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Base Street Video Podcast, where we go through all of this week's notable Blu-rays and DVDs. Hell yeah. And is that your new saying? Yeah. You're like, hell yeah. You always have I'm to figure out a new thing. New, even though it's just a something to do. It's like, yeah. Or, or yeah, yeah, sounds good. We got hell a big yeah. order this, this year. Is great. This week, yeah. yeah. So first off, we have a big box. Ooh. Big box. It's so heavy. Justin can't even lift it. It's After Dark Neo-Noir Cinema Collection 1. One collection yeah. one. How many so, more are there than this? Well, I mean, they've this is from Imprint, and they've you know they've done big essential film noir box sets, and they've done like two or three of those. So maybe they're gonna do some more of these. And this is this is a pretty good start, though. Yeah, to but get into I feel neo-noir. like this is it. Like, yeah, <laughs> like this, the good nineties neo noir. Where do you go from here? Because yeah. <laughs> even this, like, so one but, of the titles is stretching it a little bit. Uh, so we got After Dark, My Sweet, Mortal Thoughts, Rush, One False Move, Flesh and Bone, and Twilight. I've only seen One False Move. Great movie. Have you seen <laughs> that, any of the pro- other ones? That's probably the best, the yeah. most notable one. Although After Dark, My Sweet is also a pretty big deal. Uh, I've never seen it, but I've read the book, the Jim Thompson book. It's based on, which is really good. Mortal Thoughts. Uh, never seen that one. That's a Bruce one, right? A Bruce Willis. It is. That? Yes, it is. Yeah. And then Rush, you know, Kino put out on Blu-ray mm-hmm. already, so we might already have. But there's that. new Flesh special and features. Bone came out on Blu-ray, and Imprint does new special features. Well, I was gonna say I have seen Twilight, <laughs> and by Twilight we mean the Paul Newman, Gene Hackman, James Susan Garner, Sarandon, Susan Sarandon. Oh, uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon has a small role in that. Too. Wait, who directed Twilight? Robert Benton, I want to say. Oh, so late yeah, period Robert Benton, period. yeah. And I just remember it being really boring. I remember my parents renting it when it was on like VHS back in the day and just being like, I was surprised I that you weren't all over this. I was like, I'm going to get this, Mark, even though that I have to take out a second loan on my home. Dude, and you were like, set, no, thank you. I can't spend the kind of money. Like, And the thing is, I've only seen like One False Move is worth it. But I think Criterion announced sort Did of they? secretly that they might be putting that out. Oh, and one of those images that they put out where yeah, people kind of guess well, what they're it they're putting out Devil in a Blue Dress soon, and I feel like maybe they're going to keep going down Carl to Carl Franklin. Franklin. So, I don't know. It's like, for that one, I mean, yeah, like, I'm intrigued in a lot of... I don't own any of these, but, like, this set retails for... Two hundred and eleven dollars. Two hundred and eleven ninety-five. I will not be paying that amount of money. (laughs) I mean, I love that they put a quote on the back from director James Foley, who's the director of After Dark. My James Foley rubs me the wrong way. I've never heard him in interviews. He's so full of himself. I know, but he'll get a lifetime pass for me for uh, doing Fear. So you know. Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, terrible director otherwise. Other than Fear, and I guess After Dark. He did Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh yeah, but you know that's just a. He did the Corrupter, the Mark Wahlberg charming fat picture. I can never. Commentary, he disses the John Woo films. He's like, No, what? not my thing. And it's like, All right, yeah. buddy. Have you seen The Corruptor, dude? <laughs> yeah. It's not great. So I wonder what will be in the second box set. Do you think they could I do fear? Like, could, could they force fear oh, to the Neo Noir box hey, set? If, if they did an imprint of fear, even though I already have the. What if it was in the box set, though? I might buy it. It depends. <laughs> it depends what else is in it. Imprint. Fear, fear's not a Neo. You listen right? to the show. Why don't you send us this stuff for free? Yeah, hey, like we talk about it all the time. I would love. Uh, I would totally take a free copy of this. You know on what's my funny? Show. It's sometimes I feel like we beg too much for free stuff, but the reality is I wasn't getting anything before, no, and I still ain't getting anything it's now. Not changed. So. I'm getting a few. There's been a few. Oh yeah, Mark's been contacted. In. Through once your website, right? Yeah, uh, once or twice. Just because I'm on press list. Slash. 
it's slant, I mean. Yeah. I'm just on weird press, press. lists for some reason. And Put so, me on these press lists, people. I don't know. I think I might be getting a Severin release coming up, which will be a first. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm not going to say what it is because A, it might not happen, and B, it'll be a surprise. Okay. So next up, we have Bloody Sunday, the Paul Greengrass film. Mark put this on the list. I love this film. <laughs> you love this film? What, do you not like this movie? It's no. all right. I haven't seen I like, it in a long time. I got a thing for Paul Greengrass. So wait, so you <laughs> have you watched his recent movies? Uh, yes. I think the last one I saw was Captain Phillips, so maybe it's been You know what? I didn't even see Captain Phillips you when know, it came out. You know, I like Captain Phillips. I'm going to say that. And I don't even like Tom Hanks that much. Has he like... changed his style yet? No. Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't seen that Western he did with Tom Hanks, which I heard. Oh, I thought it was fine. It was like End okay? of the World or yeah, something like that. Yeah. News of the World. News of the World. But you know what? I really liked Paul Greengrass for a while. His Bourne movies just really did it for me. I liked United 93, even though it's a huge bummer. Uh, Bloody Sunday. I think Bloody Sunday is kind of the, the sort of like the pinnacle of his style. That sort of like documentary realism thing. What about uh, really his like third it, Bourne film? The one that... I love his third Bourne film. Oh, wait, no, wait, 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 you no. do not love Jay, his... You mean the... The sorry, reboot. I'm, I'm thinking of Ultimatum, which yeah. I love. That's my not favorite Not Ultimatum. The other one where they came back. Yeah, and I did see that. So maybe that was the last I haven't one. Seen that one either that was bad <laughs> Matt da- but that was more because matt damon just looked old and mm. like two and that was like 10 years ago wasn't it that was a long time it was like six years ago i can't believe they rebooted the born for with matt damon with matt da- and he's so old i just like couldn't get over how like old he looked at it i'm like dude you're, you gotta hang it up man so you're gonna Give buy it to this jeremy renner you know imprint uh a blu-ray uh <laughs> you know what it's you know a little more reasonably priced than like what this after dark set is so uh, only 50 it's got a lot of features got a lot of features on it it's $42.95. Um, I'm thinking about it. I just really like this movie. I don't know. It's You're really never going to watch it again, though. I don't know. IRA stuff. It, I'm going to guess know, you saw this when you were like in college. You really loved it. You're like, this is what movies are. And you, you haven't seen it since then. I actually didn't watch this until after I'd already seen the Bourne movies and of some course, of his other stuff. Of course, that's when we all saw Bloody Sunday because we know. all watched it after we liked the Bourne Supremacy. Well, fine. Fine. <laughs> Maybe I won't buy it then. Maybe I won't. <laughs> Imprint. That's why you have to send us this free stuff. We'd be loving this movie. I don't buy it. I just take free. I don't buy anything anyway. All right. So that's a lot. You bought Phantom of the Mall and you flipped it. And I, <laughs> and I properly swapped it out for, I think, Menace to Society. Oh, you do love part. that movie. I, yeah. I do love that film. So next up, we have another imprint film. Every time I say imprint, it's like a knife in my I side. Know. You know I'm what? Not getting free Let's Blu-rays. just talk imprint. And talking about movies I put on the list, because I'm sure you don't care about this no, movie. No, never seen it. The Contender. The Contender. I, this is another one like Bloody Sunday, where I saw when I was, you know, my tw- high school or my 20s, and I just re- really liked it. It is a political thriller uh, from Rod Lurie. You know him, right? Mm-mm. No? He used to be a film critic, and then got into directing. This was his big one. He also did The Last Castle with Robert oh, which I never saw. So. Mm-hmm. Did some others, but this was kind of, I think this was his first film or one of his first films. It was nominated for Oscars back in the day. Joan Allen, I think, was nominated for an Academy Award as well as maybe Gary Oldman. It's got a great cast. Uh, William Peterson, Philip Baker Hall, R.I.P., Christian Slater, my man. It's just a cool political thriller, and I really dug it. He'll be buying it on a Blu-ray. I will, I will. It's never been on Blu-ray before. Neither this or Bloody Sunday have ever been on Blu-ray in North America. These imprint releases are the first ones for some reason. So next up, we have Werner Herzog, The Collection, Volume 2 from Shout Select. And it is such a big special edition like the first one. And wait a minute. No, it's just a cheap-looking Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. Like, the first Herzog You piggies will eat this so, up. I know. I, I have the first Herzog set. Me too. And, and it's one of the crown jewels of my collection. I just love it. The packaging's great. And it's got, like, all the essential films. 
This one is kind of like, what else could we get? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what do we have the rights ones? to? Um, which, you know, isn't bad because, again, I love Herzog. I love everything he's done. Although, to be fair, I don't think I've seen many of these ones because they are all kind of the smaller documentaries, shorts. Still probably going to pick this up, though. Really? I'm just, I'm just a Herzog head. I just love him. Like, he's just you're like, a big fan of such classics idol. as Huey Sermon. Yeah, see, I don't even know La what Sophia. that is. I mean, it's got the Wild Blue Yonder. That's yeah, the Brad Dourif God's one. Angry man uh it's got signs of life which is oh one these of are a lot of like films, so. barely cracking 30 minutes films you know so. it's weird to me though i kind of like don't i wish they could have just gotten all this with the first set mm-hmm. and just made one big set you know yeah because this just feels like like why did well, they i guess they didn't have the rights to these no. the first time because they know they? that if they put this know. out they can like Get them dollars. Hey, it's been selling well too. So whether people have seen them or not, the Herzog name—I don't think people know any better. Bucks. Like these, this is this is like short films. These would be included as like mostly short films. Yeah. On, I mean, Signs of Life is a big one. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of a bummer. Signs of Life wasn't on the first set because that's like his first film. Invincible right? though. The best one was well, Tim Roth. Indicator, you know, you gotta yeah. buy that pricey indicator. Yeah, where's like his later period stuff, like Salt and Fire mm-hmm. or uh, My Son, My Son. What, what have, have you done? done? Where's that at? Not That's there. Too bad. Why couldn't they get that kind of stuff? You Probably know? more expensive. Probably more. Like Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant's out of print now. Portacol, New Orleans. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Moving on, we have another film from the film detective that seemed to have a new film every couple weeks these days. This one is The Blaine. Uh, the Blaine. The Blaine. The Brain from Planet Aurus? 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 I don't know. Uh, this is another classic 50s science fiction film. And what's notable about, about this one is the co-star of the film, Joyce Meadows, still alive, still cracking, participates on the commentary. I believe she's interviewed. There's a new booklet with Tom Weaver. Yeah, great stuff. Film Detective still knocking it out of the park. Sending you free copies, right? I didn't get a free copy of this one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get in touch with them, man. You got to get in touch with them. Why can't a press agent just reach out? Maybe you listen to this show and be like, I got all these contacts. <laughs> but you did work for them, right? I did. And they were sending me some stuff and then they stopped. <laughs> and they just stopped. I feel like they forget about those things mm. very quickly. <laughs> I remember I used to knew, know somebody who would go to like every pre-screening mm-hmm. and I was like but you don't do anything like you don't write you don't do anything see like, that's the hookup i want to have just like and they like they saw movies. they saw everything like every yeah. week they'd be like oh i have new tickets to like i went with them to a screening of Catherine hardwick's red riding hood oh she God. was there in the audience <laughs> Catherine hardwick too she did like a q a <laughs> wow i would have been very excited about that there's a photo point. of me like they had like they always have all the fun stuff at the pre-screenings you can yeah. take a photo and the red riding hood thing and i'm like how how do i get this i've asked on twitter and people are like mm. is it a thing that they don't want to share because they want it for them or like i don't know i mean i go to a lot of press screenings but it's only like because i have to write about <laughs> but you get like it through I... slant don't you that you yeah, hear about that's it the thing mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know how to... if i wasn't writing about them mm-hmm. or if i wasn't like a working or where did the slant guy get that contact well he i guess he just has i don't know he's been doing it for like 20 years <laughs> it's just like more. it's always existed and i'm like well, i've been doing this for a long time like too. An, i think if you're like an editor or something then you just have press con you just get the email because whenever i get sent to stuff i just get forwarded these emails mm-hmm. from like editors and i'm like All right. never seen one yeah I, I don't get them i get a few now for canadian screens mm-hmm. from like elevation which is a canadian distribution company and stuff so sometimes i'll get them but i don't know man i'm in the dark too Blue Underground, next up, has a new release. And this is like, they've hit like the cement Jeez, and they're yeah. digging here. <laughs> hey, 
it's working for him because these are still selling. It is a 4K Ultra HD release of Uncle Sam, the uh, William Lustig film, the last film that he made. Co-wrote with Larry Cohen. Uncle Sam's on stilts at one point, <laughs> looks into a window, sees a woman uh, <laughs> undressing, taking a shower. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> like, you know, I've never it's seen fine. this one. Yeah. I'm uh, you haven't seen this one. Yeah, I kind of forgot this one existed, to be honest, until it was coming out again. But, you know, this is another just typical Blue Underground upgrade to 4K. I believe yeah, another so. co-host of a podcast borrowed my DVD of this five years ago and still has not just given no. it back. Oh. I'm well, not going to say anything. Now you can upgrade. Now you can <laughs> I'm upgrade. not upgrading. <laughs> Is there, anything new? Is there a new commentary? Uh, uh, nope. There's the two like commentaries that the same were on the previous disc. They didn't do anything new in this. Yeah. Well, it's they all the put, stuff they that was put the this disc. lenticular cover on it. So yeah, that's fine. That, that's what sells. That's what sells. You know. Next up, we have the big sweat. Which, <laughs> oh, how much heat can you one man take? Robert Zadar, directed by Basement Video favorite Uli Lamel. <laughs> And let's talk about Dark Force Entertainment here, the company that put this out. What's going on with Dark Force? <laughs> I think it's what, one guy. What's the deal with them? I believe it's the guy that directed, was it called Chaos? The, yes. The one. Falco, right? Yeah. I believe he runs this company because right. he does the interviews on some of the discs that I've had. And I believe he responds on Facebook. Wasn't there a big brouhaha that happened like a year ago about something on Facebook? Oh, they made a well, school they cheating got in joke. Trub- yeah, this was a few years ago yeah. when they put out, I think, Ator. Ator? Ator? Mm-hmm. The yeah. flying e- fighting eagle? When they promoted it, there was like a school shooting that had happened around that time, and they made some joke alluding to it, and not cool, not cool, don't joke about school shootings. But, you know... I mean, DeFalco, very, um, you know... I mean, he's the guy who did Chaos, right? Yeah, so, who, if people don't know, do that's expect? a rape revenge film. Robert, yeah. uh, Roger Ebert wrote a bad review for it back in Terrible the day. Movie, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> and they basically lived off of that bad review for and DeFalco, a like, wasn't time. he, like, doing an ooey bowl, like, I'm gonna fight you, I'm yeah. gonna... Uh, and I think they just, the releases all had the quotes from him on it. Mm. Um, you know, they were putting out some like bigger selling stuff for a while, like Blue Monkey and Yeti they put out. They do, but, but then, those are Scorpion ports. No, no, those aren't Dark Forces, are they? They put those out with Scorpion. Okay. But then they were taken out of print and now Kino's put them out so so confusing i don't know what the, and now it seems like all they put out are really obscure like bad bad i mean stuff. we I mean, haven't, I haven't seen, seen the, the big yeah. shit so but apparently it has like a 45 minute car chase sequence i think it's made it, up of stock footage too i think is mostly stock yeah. footage. but you know i mean uli lamel that's i'm surprised we didn't I'm pick this intrigued. one as the blind buy this week yeah, I was. This was like a close second for me for mm-hmm. blind buy. I, I wanted to check this out. I just, you know, I didn't. I didn't get the time. But I don't I'm know. guessing I mean, you didn't crack a copy open for rental. I didn't. Either. I didn't. You know, Robert Zdar, Uli Lamel. That stuff doesn't really rent for us. Well, look at this. It doesn't cover, even really sell. Sweat. You know, I thought it might sell better because it's got you know like a scantily clad lady with a gun mm-hmm. on the front, but. This hasn't been selling very well. But, but you, you know what? I'll probably check this out at some point. This... <laughs> no, you won't. I don't know. Robert Zdar and Uli Lamel. Uh, You're too busy watching it's... all those shark movies this that's week. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, is it Slant that you're writing something for? Not for them. For another outlet. Okay. But if you're looking for some shark re- movie recommendations for up the Shark Week. Uh, when Shark Week? Uh, end of July. End of July or early August. Yeah, I... They haven't set the date, but it's usually around there. Did you know that one of the guys 
some jackass got like bit by a shark doing a stunt during Shark Week. Not surprised, like, but Poopy or whatever his uh, name poopy. is, the new like one. the new guy. Yeah. So next up, we're still staying in the Dark Force zone. Yeah, let's keep talking about Dark Force because this is the real Dark Force release this week. And I know that Mark did watch this one. I did. I picked this over Big Sweat to watch. So. You watch Groupie. Now this cover, it looks like <laughs> like stuck. You know the Canadian film? Yeah. <laughs> Suck. The Suck. Yeah. That's what it was. You know, I never saw that. But I heard it was. Bad. But you did watch but... this one because it stars. Uh, co-stars Eric well, Roberts. Co-stars Eric Roberts, but it stars Taryn Manning. I don't know who that is. You don't know Taryn Manning? Uh, let me guess. Real Housewives so of she, some sort. No, she was kind of a you know hot actor in the early 2000s. Well, she did was she join Brit- a cult? She was Britney Spears's friend in Crossroads, nope. and she was in Hustle and Flow. Mm-hmm. No, Eight Mile. She was in. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Well, she was kind of notable for a while. She's kind of like Britney Murphy, but not as big as Britney Murphy. You know that kind of vibe. Really? You don't know Taryn Manning? Is she not in Stuck? Doesn't she have cornrows and Stuck? Maybe. Is that who I'm thinking of? She has cornrows and Hustle and Flow. Oh, maybe so I'm thinking. Maybe that's, maybe that's why is. I'm confusing it. Anyways, this movie came out, and yeah, co-stars Eric Roberts. This movie came out in 2010, and I don't know why. I remember when this was on DVD, and I always saw it at the video store. Always wanted to see it, just because it looked like trash. <laughs> I just wish I could see it. Like tra- I don't know. I never got around to renting it or anything, and now I never thought this would come out on Blu-ray, but... Thank here, you, Dark Force. Here we are, Dark Force. And whoever wrote the back cover description us, of this... The highlights of the back ...is cover. hilarious. It says... Stylish shots, a hot cast, kick and rock soundtrack, and plenty of brutal murders earned this the coveted Dark Force release, which is <laughs> great. There's more, though. When a mysterious groupie joins the legendary cursed band, The Dark Knights. Yeah, the band's called The Dark Knights with a K. A series of unexplained murders derails their comeback tour, so that's what it's about. Many of the songs in the movie were written by Ojan himself, who is the guy who plays the front man. And he also played the lead singer. And the songs are great. That says that on that, the back. That's what it that says on the back. Not... I'm, not, I'm not making that up. Um, so this movie... Is Tom DeFalco the one who co-stars in the film? I mean, yeah, I know, right? So the kind of... So Taron Manning basically plays an evil groupie. Eric Roberts is the band manager looking, you know, kind of lucid, actually. Kind of notable thing about this is it's directed by Mark L. Lester, who... Mansquito himself. Oh, no, wait. Did he direct Mansquito or was that the guy who did, did The Gate? I think that's the guy who did The Gate. Yeah, I looked through his... So, yeah, Mark Lester's probably best known for class of 1984 commando firestarter some 80s hits in the 90s he started up american world pictures which is who put this out and made a slew of dtv action movies horror stuff some kind of fun interesting stuff this was at the end of that so i don't think he made anything else after this was this his swan song maybe he made one more after this This was his what was the last gene hackman film with ray romano (laughs) welcome to To mooseport mooseport Yeah, so this is Mark Lester's Welcome to Mooseport. <laughs> and you know what? I was watching this and wow, I, I felt really bad for Mark Lester because this movie is beyond bad. Like mm-hmm. so cheap, so cheaply filmed on DV cameras. The sound is atrocious. Like the music is really loud. The dialogue's all like muffled and really low. The acting's bad. It looks like worse than a soap opera. Like I don't know what anybody was thinking because it doesn't even have like that kind of 90s early 2000s dtv sheen like, i mean it's 2010 that's really cheap mm-hmm. and like I, I felt bad for taryn manning she is embarrassing herself all over the place here eric roberts is just doing the doing a thing yeah thing. he's fine wow this movie's bad but uh you can own it on blu-ray you can own it. we've sold a copy so far one person's bought a copy mm-hmm. so it's funny because i look at the big just, sweat and i know yeah. it's bad and i'm like but i want to watch least that it has like a night it's like early 90s it'll be shot on film you know 
be shot on film. Yeah. You got some stunts. Like this is the kind of movie you see nowadays that's put out on like Tubi or like mm-hmm. a Tubi original or something, but done 12 years ago. And oh my god, the music from this band is atrocious. It's so bad. It's like it's like that Franz Ferdinand style kind of like garage. You don't rock like tape. Franz Ferdinand? Not really, no. But it's like the most annoying version of that possible. Listen, I have this burden to bear, which is <laughs> if there is a Yuik Tamura film that comes out from his golden period. So I'm gonna say that's versus to Lupin the Third. Okay, okay. I you am have have legally obliged to purchase it. So I own Alive. I kid you not. I probably bought the DVD twice because I lost one of the discs once. And I also have the Japanese special edition, which I got. Uh, complicated story. And now I own the Blu-ray that Mita Blaster put out. This movie stinks, though. It's so bad. Yeah, you told me this movie's bad. And yet, <laughs> Real bad. And yet you bought it. <laughs> I did. Because I'm like, maybe one day I, mean... I will wake up and it will be good. <laughs> And it's not good. No. I thought this was one I of his... I haven't watched it since I got the Blu-ray. Okay. I haven't seen this one. I thought this was one of his better. No. So basically what happened after okay. Versus is I feel he decided I want to make a movie that's like the opposite of Versus. Okay. So it's in one room. So it's kind of like Cube. Okay. Everything's really shiny. Everybody are slowly talking to each other. Okay. No gore. No action until the last sequence, which is really lame and like fast forward and full of green screens. Right. And that's what Alive is. So I'm... Genuinely surprised Media Blasters put it back out on Blu-ray. In a nice looking package, looks good. Has all the stuff that yeah. the DVD had, both cuts of the film, commentary. Yeah. So that's nice, I, I guess. I mean, they're digging through the vaults, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Right? They're like, well, like, bottom like blue undergrad. They're just like, what have we put out before? What can we put out on? Because a lot of this stuff, I don't think Alive has, but a lot of this stuff's already been on Blu-ray, too. It's just like new edition, like anniversary editions. I don't Blu-ray. think Zero was out on Blu-ray, was it? When no, they put it out? I think that was a first-timer. Mm. But there's been a few that they put out, which already. When are they going to so. put out the lost Roberta Finley film? Because I remember them putting a Facebook post where they had the reels and like we're working that was like three years ago i think they did put out tenement right yeah they did that did not sell very well so it was so expensive though it was like 40 plus dollars have come down since then so i don't know why that one was so pricey but was that a new they had put that on dvd or before they put that on dvd before that's weird but yeah Hmm. so next up we have rouge uh directed by stanley kwan the criterion collection edition this is nice criterion's finally getting into hong kong films after not doing it for their entire existence. <laughs> yeah. And this is a film that I feel it deserves more attention. It's like an art house Hong Kong hit. Stan- Stanley Kwan being one of those directors, The Goddess was put out mm-hmm. a little while ago. Did the Maggie Chung one. Center stage. Center is stage. That That's what I'm yeah, thinking that, of. Yeah, yeah. That got put Sorry. Out. The Goddess is the movie that the star of The Goddess is what Center Stage is about. Uh, okay, okay. I don't remember what her name is, but <laughs> yeah. And this is good. I'm glad that it's out. New conversation between Quan and filmmaker Sasha Chuck, Yang and Ying, Gender and Chinese Cinema, 1977 documentary. That's good. I haven't been able to see it say the word documentary. Documentary? Documentary. I said yeah, that like words. multiple times. Yeah, some words, you know, you just have trouble with for a little while. But listen, we moved past Hong Kong films. We're yeah. Taiwanese guys We're all now. the Taiwanese films. Because yeah. film movement just put out... Vive l'amour uh, by Tsai Ming Lang. All these movies are too fast for me. Let's just slow down <laughs> a little bit. I need some slow cinema I don't think I've seen Vive l'amour. Oh, it's great, man. So this was his follow-up to Rebels of the Neon God, which mm-hmm. we talked about pretty recently. I feel like companies are getting into putting his stuff out, especially his early stuff, because I don't think any of his like 90s films have been on Blu-ray until now, until this year. But yeah, this one's great. It's If you're into Tsai Ming Liang, you know what you're getting into. It's basically about three people who are all sort of like sharing an apartment 
apartment, but they don't know they're sharing an apartment. Mm -hmm. It's like an empty apartment. So one's a real estate agent, one's kind of like a squatter, one's uh, it's just it's great. I mean, it's it's Simon Liang, so yeah. you know you're you know into. what you're getting into. Film Movement's done a real nice restoration on this. It looks beautiful. Wait, have you watched uh, it? Yeah, I actually I just I checked out this uh, cut because I got a screener of it actually mm. of like the new restoration. Well, la da. Yeah, um, you know what? There's not much on here. Film Movement doesn't extras. usually do that. Yeah, they've got a booklet with like an essay, but and there's like a small featurette, but that's it. But it's mostly about the restoration you want this for. Next up, we have this cover's hilarious. Passion in the <laughs> Desert. Now, I've never seen this movie. This is a, <laughs> what this is is this? a Kino release. I remember this movie, though, when I was first getting into movies as a as a youngin. And I want to say it's around 97, 96, 97. When you when you're first like really getting into like film mm. as an art, what I did is I'd look through the newspapers and I would see all the movie ads and I would draw. I was also wanted to be a cartoonist. So I draw like comic versions of all the movie posters. Mm -hmm. And this movie, Passion in the Desert, which was coming out at the time, had this poster, which is on the front cover of a guy in the desert who's like near death and he's looking into like water water which is like a, mirage, <laughs> a leopard and he's looking into a leopard and it's like mirroring him and i drew a cartoon <laughs> of this poster and i still have it around <laughs> what and i totally forgot that this movie existed and then when kino said they were putting it out and i looked it up i was like oh my god this movie and it, yet, it exists i didn't make this up that entire story mark has still yet to watch the movie and i don't even really know what it's about apparently it's based on a controversial novella by honore de balzac about a guy during napoleon's egyptian campaign campaign gets lost in the sahara desert and forms a relationship with a wild leopard Ooh, a passionate, and, tra sexy. A passionate like and tragic bond and that's it i don't know the director's lavinia courier I, I looked her up not many other credits <laughs> that's weird this has like a lot i remember this was played some festivals it's got like critic quotes from people on it but this movie has like disappeared from existence until now, and Kino Lorber has come along to put it out on Blu-ray. Oh so, well, that's it. Will that's you all finally check it out? I think I'll watch this at some point. Maybe I don't know. It, it doesn't have a bit of a hypnotic cover to you. No, does it, it grab you at all? No, it no. looks like a cheap like <laughs> '90s paperback, like a yeah. sexy romance book. Of I mean, some I kind. think it was one of those like '90s Os like foreign Oscar Beatty mm. type movies. So next up, we have Monday Morning, an MVD. Rewind collection release. MVD Rewind. Me and you, we were old friends once. I know. <laughs> Until... Listen, you're starting to do reprints. I yeah, can't follow you, you, were, you down You were there. buying every single MVD Rewind for a while there. Yeah. I remember that. But then, like, the Go-Go Boys, and it's just a documentary. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. And there's Action USA. Oh, ooh, like, that's, that, that was that the nail was the in the coffin. One. The Action USA yeah, re-release. Well, Monday morning is this week's... Blind Bye! And this movie is another obscure seemingly doesn't exist. Seemingly doesn't exist. If you look at it, it goes by a different title on IMDb, Class of Fear, which is, you know, kind of a funner. That's more of like an exploitation type title. Mm -hmm. This one's more Monday morning is kind of more of the dramatic because it's more of a drama, right? Yeah, it's not it really is. a thriller, even though the cover has a guy with a gun going into a school, which is kind of, you know, touchy in today's day and age. But uh, there is a guy in a gun with a school at the end of it. Mm -hmm. But up until that point, it's kind of just a drama, drama about a town where there's like rich kids in the town and then there's like the poor kids in the town who are the kids of like the workers who have come into the town and the clash between those two and the lead the lead or so the protagonist of this basically has problems with his father and he's just a disgruntled teen and basically has this ongoing war with the rich kids in the neighborhood including 
the main kind of bully guy who is absolutely hilarious. Mark loves this guy. He's so funny. He shrieks and hollers this entire movie. <laughs> he kind of looks like Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter Ascending, like that kind of vibe. He has but with a kind like blonde of hair, you know, like that kind of seething. I sort thought of. he looked like um, what's the name of the Doctor Who guy? Uh, oh, uh, Matt Smith. Yeah, Matt he's Smith. got a bit of a Matt Smith, but like a vibe. blonde because it's it's just the way he's, he's so, yeah. He's got a blonde look. preppy look, but he seethes this whole movie. He, by the he's end, scre- he's like screaming, he's screaming. His face very is Crispin like, Glover. Oh yeah, he does a Crispin Glover kind of performance. His face is like beat red through half of this movie. Now, will you be shocked to learn this was originally, I believe, a short film that was expanded to feature lengths? <laughs> I would not be shocked to learn that because basically the, I mean, the hook of this movie is that this kid, the main, the protagonist, takes his class hostage. hostage which of. is very similar to a book by Stephen King that he wrote under Richard Bachman called Rage. Oh, have you I ever heard read, of that one? I have, but I haven't read that I one. I didn't not, know that's what it was about. I actually. believe it's not in print anymore because yeah, of the because Columbine. Of, yeah, right. But it was in print. He used to have a big book. It's similar, but not quite because the kid in this, about an hour in, takes a class hostage kind of accidentally like it wasn't a plan for him right. to do okay and in the book it is a plan and basically it's like the kid gets like everybody on his side right. which just doesn't really happen this no this is ends. very accidental i mean it's ridiculous how he even takes the class hostage basically the bullies bring in the gun to school mm. to like threaten this guy and then there's a big melee it goes into the classroom and somehow the main character gets the gun and then everybody's like oh he has the gun they're blaming it on him and he has to like take the class hostage while he figures it out you know what i was oddly engaged by this movie though i wouldn't say it's great Mm -hmm. but it held my interest it didn't bore me directed by don murphy directed by don written and directed by don murphy who is a producer and he does like big budget stuff big producer yeah yeah. but this is i think the only movie he's ever directed the only film he ever which makes sense that he was in film school and it was a thesis film exactly Uh, i thought it was okay i I don't i I wouldn't give it a blind buy because it is not enough and you will be disappointed if you like look at the cover and you're like oh he holds the class hostage that'll be fun right if you're thinking like a class of 84 type vibe or even like massacre at central high yeah it's not that no not that at all but it's got it's got something to it. There's like a there's something to it. That uh, it kind of reminded me of the um, there's an Albert Pyun film he did for Canon Films. Oh, now I don't remember what it is. It's not Down Twisted because he has so many movies that sound very similar. And the same like <laughs> preppy someone dies, right. they have to figure it out. Okay. The difference between that one and this one is that one was stylish. This is not stylish. No, this, this is, is very matter very, of fact. I mean, when I was watching it, it felt very much like an after school special. Too. Yes, like that's an extended exactly after school, like special. an ABC after school special. Yeah, but it was more entertaining and you know what i gotta give props to mvd for whoever put this cover together realizing that lisa rinna is a name now who is she <laughs> she played the like the mean girl remember the one who she gets blood on her at the end no and she's like but who is she now out. is what i'm asking well lisa rinna was a famous soap opera actress mm-hmm. in the 90s she's on melrose place now she's best known for being one of the housewives on real house i knew it I knew it the second that you said she's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she is an absolute ghoul on Beverly Hills. Really? She's terrible. She's vile. She's vile in this movie, too, as a a character. Super hilarious. That's the thing. And she plays kind of like an earlier... She she looks so much different here Mm. because she's had a lot of plastic surgery surgery done. I mean, she's hilarious to watch on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. This is why you watch this movie. There you go. This was a big reason. We got to the crux of it. MVD knows how to sell me on movies. You put... And it's hilarious. That you weren't Craig... sold by Noah Blake, Mystery yeah, Men? Who does he play in Mystery well, Men? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But they credit and Lisa Rinna like she's a big part of it. But she's just like one of many supporting roles. Mm. 
I don't, she's pretty funny in this, though. Yeah, she's for funny. Few moments, so. Anyway, so all you Real Housewives fans, pick up Monday morning. Uh, another MVD Wait, release. Buy? No, no, I'm not going to give it a blind buy. Too expensive. I would say too expensive. It was pretty reasonable for uh, uh, MVD. It was like 20 bucks. For, yeah, it's like $22.95. I don't know if I'd watch it again, though. So. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Next up, we have another MVD release, Vampire's Kiss. And it's yeah. the same release that came out before. <laughs> so I saw the guy that runs MVD talking about this on Facebook, and basically he said, we can't do any new special features for these movies. Is that what it is? Yes, because MGM won't let them. That's why. <sighs> See, I was, yeah, I was really disappointed about this, because when they first announced this, I was like, oh, I mean, I have the previous Shout Factory Blu-ray, which comes coupled with High Spirits, but I was like... <laughs> You're like, I got it for High Spirits, but I was yeah, kids. I know. But I was like, you know, if this has got new stuff on it, you know, I might pick this up again. But it does the same thing. And it's the same transfer, too. And really? everything. Yeah, it's not even a new transfer. Maybe and that's, that's like a, we have taxes to pay, so we're putting this out. We'll sell a bunch be, of copies. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's great because it has been out of print on both Blu ray and DVD for years now. And Nick Cage is obviously getting bigger than ever these days. So it's the timing is definitely right for it. But oh, yeah, those are twenty two ninety five. That's not that expensive. No, actually, this is this is wrong. This is nineteen ninety five. So oh, somebody, okay. Somebody put the wrong price. Right <laughs> oh, so, you know, you for nineteen ninety five, it's not that mm-hmm. bad. But, you know, this is a stone cold cage classic so i mean if you don't have it pick it up so speaking of nick cage we have the unbearable weight of massive talent the yeah. film that he made with pedro pascal it's nick cage week here as nick cage as nick cage and yeah, it's fine it's okay <laughs> yeah. uh, you know i put it on because vampire's kiss was also coming out you know what i really liked nick cage in it he needed a better like movie him, but the movie is not as good as him i feel like it i talked isn't. about this maybe just with you or on the important cinema club is that he needed to make this movie with a friend yeah. who knew him. Yeah. And because they didn't know him, they couldn't get deep into the character. And there's missing right. that JCVD moment of like genuine self-reflection. That's the thing. JCVD is like far and away mm-hmm. a more interesting film than this is. And it's like, I get that he's just having fun and everything, but it doesn't really for all like the hubbub about Nick Cage like exposing who Nick Cage is in this movie it doesn't really though. No he it's exposes like, himself more just playing other like roles JCBD, in this. JCVD actually he talks mm-hmm. about his personal problems and I'm not expecting Nick Cage to talk about all his And it seems problems, to be set like, up that way too like they does, have right? the structure for him to face himself. Yeah and my favorite never part does. about it is him just tooling around LA at the beginning mm-hmm. and taking it's the, the best meetings. part. That's the best part. That scene with um, David Gordon Green where he's like I'll oh, give you yeah, a read yeah. I'll give you exactly. a read alright and he does like a bad when he's in the therapist's office his conversation with her is really funny although the stuff with his like wife and kid was lame i didn't really yeah because it's like that's not even close to like what his personal situation is that's what... again not that i need that but if you're gonna make a movie mm-hmm. selling nick cage as nick cage and then make a completely just like surface level action comedy i mean but in jcvd like that's not his life either no it's and, not but it draws but it draws it. from his life and that's this what you doesn't want really draw all this draws from his life is like movie references yes and the fact that he likes like there's Batman a funny guarding Caligari. test oh there is a funny guarding test <laughs> but you know the problem with that is there is a really funny and then he's test watching reference. guarding test later <laughs> yeah but that was the only like unique reference i thought yes i didn't think there, well, were there was a reference when those. he's talking to david gordon green and he references some like really obscure movie and later on he's yeah. talking to himself he's like can't believe you dropped that yeah. one and he's like yes <laughs> No, that stuff's great. And I just like watching this. It, it did, turns into it, a boring movie, though. That's I know. The problem. It put a smile on my face watching him. But like at a certain point, you're just watching like any old VOD action comedy. And the thing know? is, like, 
JCVD, the gimmick is JCVD is in a situation from one of his movies, yeah. but he doesn't react the way exactly that right? you expect him to. Well, this one Here is, oh, like, just turn it into a cage film, which yeah. is like not that funny. Like, who wrote this? You know, who wrote this? Movie? Well, the director. The director. I think he just like pitched it to Nick Cage, and but yeah. Didn't initially, he have he was somebody else was going to play the well, role. Well, he said which is that crazy. they were going for Daniel Day Lewis to yeah, play Nick Cage. Right? Yeah, and Nick Cage initially wanted to play the Pedro Pascal role. Apparently, really, I don't know, I don't know how true that is. That would have been, which would have been interesting. Yes. I would have been more interested in that movie mm-hmm. of him. But you know what his Pedro Pascal like in that role would be like. You could see it. But you know what? I did like Pedro. Pa- Pedro Pascal. Is yeah, he's very super charming. charming in it, and I do like their bromance in it. But it is, it's just too. Like, you needed to push it just a little bit for it's too like cutesy, Yeah, he needs to like confront himself and who he is at some point. Yeah. And he never does. And that he never does. Film. And the whole end sentiment is kind of like he has to learn how to be a better like husband and father by like acting watching paddington 2 with his i family, guess yeah which is like such a weird sentiment it's like he likes like movies like cabinet of dr caligari and he's all like flustered that nobody else gets that love and the end he's like he he has to accept like pushing his creative stuff to the side i don't know it was just a weird message at the end i thought so next up we have escape the field why is this one on the box mark <laughs> Well, because I watched this, of course. Uh, so, Escape the Veal, the Field is, I like a, is the title. a new, very straightforward. Yeah, it's a very, and it's exactly what you think it is. So, it is kind of like a cube thing, except taking place at an endless cornfield. So, it's kind of like um, what was that Vincenzo Natale film that was based on the Stephen King story? That in came the tall grass. In the tall yeah. grass. Yeah. So, it's like that mixed with cube. So, it's just a Vincenzo Natale ripoff. Yeah, six people wake up in an endless cornfield. Are they trapped? Kind of. Yeah, no. they're kind of are. So, basically, they all wake up with an object. They have to figure out what it is. So it's kind so it's of like, like an escape. It's plan. an escape room thing. So it's kind of like escape room meets cube meets yeah. in the tall so grass. Sounds great. Sounds like nah. It's not very good. <laughs> you know what though? It's a passable enough time waster. It's like seventy nine minutes, which mm-hmm. is like, or no, it's eighty eight minutes. But there's like eight minutes of credits. Okay. <laughs> You know what? It's it had me for a while, but then it's one of those things where it doesn't actually it doesn't actually tell you what's going on, which isn't necessarily a problem, but they do it in a way where they the end it just hints at like, oh, if you want to know what's going on, check out the sequel. the sequel. And it's like, uh But do you want to know what's going on? It's not entertaining enough on its own for me to not because the whole time I'm just kind of waiting for like, so what's going on here? Why are they in this yeah. cornfield? Is this some you kind of assume it's like a government thing or whatever? I remember you didn't like but, Escape Plan, right? Escape Room? Escape or? Room, yeah, yeah, Escape Room. Yeah, and not really. Oh, no. I loved Escape Room really? and didn't like Escape Room too, which was bad. Yeah. Oh, I well, wish Escape you Escape Room was the same problem where they were just, to me, it was like they set up a sequel. The whole thing was like setting up a sequel. But me. you know what happened in the second one? Did we talk no. about it? I don't think it made it to our pile so. when it came out. So they completely it. reshot the ending of Escape Room 2. Really? Like the last 25 okay. minutes. And basically Escape Room 2 ends where I was worried Escape Room 1 was going to, it's just bad. Like, it's yeah. just like, what happened? You guys, that classic like oh wow we got a big success so now we're going to overthink that the producers obviously until like it's not good <laughs> well that was kind of my problem with the first one because the first one i was into for a while i liked it up it until like the end the la- the end just left a sour taste in my really because i thought like, the end was I... great because they escape they actually take down the person doing it to them and then, but there's then a... it's like oh it's happening everywhere we gotta like go. but that's fun and i like that yeah. there's a trap set for them and they don't fall into it because yeah. that's how it ends of yeah. them going like we're not going to go onto the plane that they had all set right, up right right and the second one's basically it ends with them like oh no we accidentally went in a trap <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing like you just went to the exact same place at the uh, anyway anyways well let's end on a high note the field is bad yeah. 
bad. <laughs> Let's end on a high note. Uh, Sniper's Eye <laughs> Fortress. It's this week's Willis Watch. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're doing Willis Watch like every other episode now. <laughs> There's so many Willis Watch. Wasn't it like, what, two episodes ago we did, we did Willis, a Willis Watch, Watch? And then yeah. like two episodes. Anyways, this, this is a big one though, folks, because this is the much anticipated sequel to Fortress. <laughs> you leave like Fortress. Which came out like, what, four months ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the trilogy of movies that they shot back to back to back. I don't think I've ever seen... Oh, it's sorry. It's on the other one. That there's no director's name on the back of the slipcase. Well, it's not the same director as the first one. Okay, so it's the a quality doesn't one. continue. But you know who wrote this movie? Who? Take Emil Hirsch? Emil Hirsch? <laughs> <laughs> Emil Hirsch co-wrote this movie with Randall Emmett, who is the producer. Oh, no. Movie. Randall Emmett's not this good. Is, this is their, like, project right here. Okay. Um, Why so, isn't he in it? Yeah, I know. Great question. I don't know. Maybe it was instead of Emil Hirsch, we get Chad Michael Murray <laughs> and Jesse Metcalf, who were both in the first one as well. So if you remember, the first one was about kind of like a red type thing. No one remembers the first well, one. Bruce Willis is in a retirement home for assassins. You know, it's like red. <laughs> Did you explain this to me last yeah, time? I, I don't this remember this at all. This was one of my, this was at the top end of last year's Bruce watches okay. for me. So this one is, takes place immediately following the events of the first one. Nice. Like Phantasm. Yeah. Chad Michael Murray, who you thought died in the first one, is not dead. He's back. He's, back. He's the villain. Jesse Metcalf plays Bruce Willis's son. It's boring, though. I don't know, man. I wanted, I was hoping for more from this one, but the first one at least had a bit of, like, a hooky premise and, like, enough going because it's all, like, a siege thing where mm-hmm. these people come to get Bruce Willis in the retirement So there's no fortress in this it. one? This one, they're, like, there still, and some new people arrive, and then just Chad Michael Murray comes back with, like, a group of new guys, and they're like... We're going to hold you. They hold them hostage to do something. I don't even remember. When are we going to get the the second second? That's what we really want, right? I would prefer a second second to this. Did Randall Emmett produce a second? No, I don't think he did, actually. That's not him, Hmm. surprisingly. It's too good. (laughs) Anyways, there is apparently a Fortress 3 coming. I don't know if they shot it before he retired, though. Like, I know like, it's like, are they going to get a double? Did he sell them the CGI well, they, rights to they Bruce? They always have a double. No, <laughs> of course they always have. Wait, did we skip White Elephant? Did that come out on Blu-ray yet? Not yet. Okay, that's, uh, that'll be next. Uh, uh, that's the next. No, no, no. There's two more before oh we God. even get when to White Elephant. the Suicide Squad one? Uh, that's coming soon. I'll that's watch com- that one. That's the next one. And the 2B original. And then there's Vendetta, which is coming out soon. <sighs> and then there's White Elephant, which I know you're excited about. How many? Well, yeah. I haven't actually watched it yet. Have you? Uh, it's on VOD now. It is on right? VOD. Okay, well, don't spoil it. I will. There's a lot of... He, I don't think Bruce dubs his own voice for most of the movie. Probably not. No, so it's like a Bruce imitator. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Bruce does... I mean, we all know what the situation is with Bruce, mm-hmm. and he does very little work on these movies, so that wouldn't surprise he's me at all. Throughout... If he's just over dubbed the he whole threw out white elephant a lot okay like they keep going back to him yeah yeah okay i mean that's like the he fires a gun in the movie too somewhat, which is like yes yeah. that's the somewhat more promising one the, just because yeah. of jesse b johnson but the problem is there's like three plot lines so none of them get time to develop yeah real explosions in white elephant it's part of this, like, okay. Bruce Factory, though. Like, it's part even of the Bru- Jesse know, E. Johnson yeah. can't escape the curse of those movies. I know. Well, we're going to keep doing Willis <laughs> Watch Mark will keep watching it's them. A, it's such a depressing thing to do Willis <laughs> Watch them. Hey, I'll keep watching them. I'm going to keep watching them. But one I re- day, I you really will watch hope, the last one. I really hope Fortress 3 is, is made and is better than this one. What so. if you learn that, like, they're doing CGI Bruce Willis movies now? <laughs> And you gotta watch, continue watching it. Like, well, like they make new movies yes. with a CGI. I'd, I'd watch this. <laughs>
Because they might actually be better. I mean, like, you might. <laughs> oh, but the movies aren't going to be better. No, the movies are like be like Bruce is not the one dragging these movies What's down. It, could they actually do that? Do a completely CGI Bruce Willis have some Bruce Willis sound alike come in and voice it, and then credit? They it don't to even Bruce need Willis. a Bruce Willis sound alike because computers will do it. Because you know, like halfway there, Mark Hamill showed up in the Star Wars show. And he didn't play the role. He didn't even say the lines. Wow. He was completely CGI. Hey. Nobody wants that, though. Like, nope. it feels wrong. I mean, Mark wants to be But they've been doing the... Isn't this wrong? <laughs> yeah, it is, is wrong. Hasn't this been wrong I'm for, not like, watching these years ones. Now? You're the one subjecting yourself to that. Yeah, I know. Well, I watch them because if, no, if nobody... If I don't watch them, who's going to watch them? Someone is. Somebody has to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Jesus carrying the cross. I know. This is my cross to bear. <laughs> Watching Bruce Willis movie. I keep thinking like we're nearing the end, and I look. <laughs> I look. Like I, look at his, I look at his IMDb, and there's like ten more credits. <laughs> like what the hell, man? I guarantee there's like a bunch that haven't been finished though. That but he like, do you doing. think they shot like Stanley? They just shot him from a green screen, and they keep putting him into these movies. Maybe. I mean, this one he's this one because he's like kind of injured from the first one. He basically spends the whole movie like sitting in a bed. So I mean. He, this is the perfect role for him in these films, but mm. uh, damn, damn, they're bad. You know, I got to give Chad Michael Murray some props, though, because at least he's hamming it up like crazy. He knows what movie he's in. <laughs> so. And I love that on the back of this, they credit Chad Michael Murray from The Haunting in Connecticut to Ghosts of Georgia. <laughs> that's that's the best one they could find. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Bay Street Video Podcast. I hope you enjoy your Bruce Willis movies. Right, well, I got a lot to watch, man. I got a lot on the docket right now. <laughs> I want to start a family, but I can't. Too many Bruce Willis films to watch. Please stop. Please stop putting them out. Randall. Randall Emmett, stop. I'm surprised they're still coming Please. to physical media. Like, that is bananas. Yeah, like, you think I... Well, Because yeah, if they start just going direct to VOD, no more Willis watch on basically well, video. Well, with corrective measures, the, the Suicide Squad, like, one, that was a 2B original. You think that would, like... These 2B originals are where these movies should go, right? Mm-hmm. But nope. that's, that's coming out one so far. Tricking probably blue hairs at Walmart. Yeah, I mean this is VVS Films in Canada. They they've got the they've got the distribution on these things here. So so until next week, my name's Justin Leclue, and I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. Keep on <laughs> renting. <laughs> you forgot please, what to say. Please help me. Yeah, Mark just, just wants just people to help. Me. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Just please. That's all I got. <laughs> That's how we end it.